My name is Naomi, and I'm 11 years old. Me and my friend Carter led a walk out at our elementary school on the 14th. We walked out for 18 minutes, adding a minute to honor Cortland Arrington, an African-American girl who was the victim of gun violence in her school in Alabama after the Parkland shooting. I am here today to represent Cortland Arrington. I am here today to represent Hadia Pendleton. I am here today to represent Tiana Thompson, who at just 16 was shot dead in her home here in Washington, D.C. I am here today to acknowledge and represent the African-American girls whose stories don't make the front page of every national newspaper. Whose stories don't lead on the evening news. I represent the African-American women who are victims of gun violence, who are simply statistics instead of vibrant, beautiful girls that pull up potential. Everyone who hears my voice to join me in telling the stories that aren't told. To honor the girls, the women of color who were murdered at disproportionate rates in this nation. I urge each of you to help me write the narrative for this world and understand so that these girls and women are never forgotten. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by a four-eyed production. And now, let's start the show. Is it recording? Is this thing on? Girls? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Woo, you ready? I'm ready like Freddie, Eddie, and Teddy. Uh, <laughs> who are all those people? People that stay ready. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we're black like we never left. Welcome black, y'all. Hey, I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. And welcome back to episode 13 of the Culture Shock Podcast. Episode 13. We're doing the doggone thing, girl. And they keep on coming back. Yes, they so do. So it must be Okay. <laughs> I ain't got any complaints yet, or not to my face anymore. Anyway. <laughs> right. Now, they may be complaining when they, you know, talking to their friends like, girl, what is they doing or whatever, but they ain't said it to me, so. I always tell people, you can talk about me, just don't say it to my face, because I don't have time to hear it. No like, time. You know how people hate for people to say things behind their back? I definitely want you to say it behind yeah. my back, because you're wasting my time if it's got to be all up in here. Things I don't have time for. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, how was your week slash weekend? I missed you. I missed you too. I feel like we haven't seen each other enough. Right. My weekend was good. Um, Starting on Thursday, the event that I mentioned to you all um, on the last episode with the NAACP and the Community Justice Forum, that was on Thursday at Little Rock Amazon Church. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you, honey, I got a show. I got a full-blown show. Do tell. Honey, it was dramatics. It was shade-throwing. Somebody bust up in there going off on one of the candidates about her son's murder. It was like... Ouch. It was like a soap opera. And really? I enjoyed every minute of it. Girl, I should have me some popcorn. Um, but the three candidates were Erwin Carmichael, which is the current sheriff, mm-hmm. um, Gary McFadden, and Antoine Ensley. And I kind of went into it thinking that I was going to vote for one person and then got swayed towards another candidate. So... Wow. That was good. The main things that they discussed um, were 287G, which is a code that allows the local sheriff's department to act as a federal agency and enforce ICE, basically. So that caused a lot of um, ruckus. Um, 
DDU was a big topic, which is basically like juvenile. Um, um, what am I trying to say? You mean like solitary confinement? Yeah. Lord have mercy. What happened? So they have that for juveniles, and people were oh. up. Yes, you know, thinking about Colleague Browder. Yeah, they were kind of disputing that with the sheriff. Um, talking about spending, increasing minority staffing, and all that good stuff. It was good. And if you guys um, are on Facebook, you can go to NAACP Charlotte. They live stream the entire thing, and you can see the blow up at the end. Wow. It was, girl, I was like, well, I'm glad I came. <laughs> so you said you were swayed by the time you left. Why yes. is that? I mean, first I want to say that, well, that's good. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why you go, because you want to hear where the candidates stand on issues that are important to you. So what specifically stood out from this candidate that made you switch over? Um, One thing was the current sheriff was kind of boasting about how they have all of these programs <clears throat> within the jail. And he mentioned specifically, you know, they can go to barber school. They can um, do carpentry and woodwork and da-da-da-da-da. And so the candidate that I got swayed towards basically said, well, that's all fine and good. But by I think he said by 2025, most jobs are going to have a robotic component or a computer programming component. So we talk about that how, a lot, don't we? Exactly. Technology. He was like, so how can you say you're setting these people back, setting these people up for reentry to get jobs when the jobs that you're setting them up for may not even be relevant at this point? Correct. And I was like, ding, 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 good one point. for you. Yes. Um... What else? Oh, he talked about, you know, kind of it goes back to what we heard Angela Davis speak about, basically where you can't really work within the system that's currently not functioning. Like you have to be willing to transform the system. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what the candidate that I am leaning towards spoke about. His name is Antoine Inslee, by the way. Okay. Um, And just the experience. Antoine Inslee and Erwin Carmichael, even though he's the current sheriff, I mean, they had some type of leadership experience in managing budgets and, you know, working with juvenile offenders or whatever. Um, so, so it just really stuck out to me having a candidate that can actually speak to what they have done and have better ideas for how things are being done at this point. And I just felt like Gary McFadden really couldn't articulate what exactly it was he would do. So that really stuck out to me. I had no idea what 287G was. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had no idea what the sheriff's office does. And they're really only responsible for the jails, securing the courts, and paperwork. I had no, I had no idea that that's all they were responsible for. Hmm. That's it. Um, but it was very, very interesting. The sheriff's election takes place on May 8th, okay. 2018. So That's coming up. Very, very soon. I was surprised at how soon it was. But yeah, May 8th, 2018. Those are the candidates. Um, I suggest everyone go look up 287G um, and see where you stand on that because Erin Carmichael, the current sheriff, agrees with it. The other two challengers do not, which means that if you are, let's say you are an illegal immigrant mm-hmm. um, and you get pulled over for a traffic ticket, a seatbelt ticket, this 287G allows them to run you through a database. So if you have a seatbelt ticket in Honduras... They can deport you for a seatbelt ticket. And so it's like, come on, that's crazy. So one day you could just leave home, get pulled over for a traffic violation, and boom, be gone. Meanwhile, your family is at home trying to figure out where you at. Where, yeah. Yeah, pretty I much. I don't, I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah, no, no one in there did, but he does. So 
I mean, it's just good to hear those things because these are the people, you know, the sheriff is the top cop of your jurisdiction, basically. Right. So it was just good to kind of hear those things and be in a debate because I love a good debate. So. I know you do. Your face Woo! lights up. <laughs> Girl, I was enjoying myself. And then it got to the point to where somebody was like, we in a church. We in a church because it was getting hot. So? It was getting hot and heavy. And I was like, ooh. Then don't have it at church if you're not prepared for that because that's. That's what it's all about. We exactly. got to get the issues out there. And people were upset. People were holding up signs like when the current sheriff was talking like and the signs were just like, nope, lies. Like, I was like, oh, my God. They came prepared. They came prepared. That's and what I it's enjoyed all about myself. That. So May 8th, 2018, Mecklenburg County Sheriff's election takes place. So everybody should make sure they're registered and go out and voice, you know, voice your opinions and, and make your voice heard. I like it. So what did you do this weekend? Is that all you did? I mean, nothing notable. I hung nothing. out with some friends, and then it rained, and then I was ready to go home at, like, 12 because I was sleepy because I'm a granny. Right. So nothing really exciting. <laughs> now, next week's episode, I may have something exciting to talk about. Okay. I cannot wait. She's, she's stepping out on the town. But <laughs> last week, I was chilling. Nice. Um, I don't, I don't think I did as much as I usually do, so... Mm-hmm. Last week, I did some ERT training, some emergency response training. So, we did... Okay, you guys have a defibrillator and All know where the fire extinguisher is. And did, did you get your basic life support? I did. Okay, I did. Girl. We did, okay. you know, AED, CPR, uh, medical and environmental emergencies, Scene safety, mm-hmm. bloodborne pathogens, all of that. So I was in training for that for two days. And then this past weekend, our friends, um, Emo and Amina, their son is in AAU basketball. So we went to the basketball tournament, stayed for two games. I did the avoidance of writing papers and projects. Um, I did. So that's going to kick my butt later. Um, but I did get a chance to watch Roxanne Roxanne on Netflix. I did not get a chance uh, to watch it. Was it good? They said Nia Long did excellent. She did. So Nia Long, Mahershala Ali. Uh, look, like, to Mahershala see him. Fine. Yes, but to it's see him in the role that he's in, in Roxanne Roxanne, is, is going to break some hearts. Um, Nelson Ellis that played Lafayette on. Um, the one that passed. Yes. Yes, on True Blood. He played MLK. In the Butler, I think I think it was the Butler. So many people have played Martin Luther King Jr., but I think that was the movie that he played it. Anyway, um, but that had me in my feelings. And then we did a little mini family dinner slash fish fry on Sunday, and that's about it. I do have to say one thing. So I did meet up with some friends, and we went to Burton's Grill because we had this girls. It's a, it's a group of girls that we meet up once a month and we go somewhere to eat and That's just an enjoy ourselves. Idea. Yeah, it's fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, last month we went to Essex, which I have been wanting to go back there. The food is so good. The drinks, not so much. But the food was good. This weekend we went to Burton's Grill. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Everything. The I had a Moscow Mule that actually tasted like a Moscow Mule and not just ginger beer. Because last time, whenever Ugh. you went to Essex, Essex it, it was, was disgusting. Right. So okay. that was good. The appetizers were good. I had like the salmon. And what I like about their menu is they have like paleo and vegetarian options. So mm-hmm. it's like everybody can eat something. Service was really good. Came out fast. Nice little atmosphere. They have a bar, TV. So... It was a good vibe. I enjoyed it. And I like getting out to different restaurants and not 
eating the same things over and over. So if you guys are in Charlotte and you haven't been to Burton's Grill, you should try it out. It was delicious. I definitely will put it on my list. So last week we talked about cleaning out our emotional closets and we got a lot of feedback from our family out there listening week over week. Tons of people were actually really, um, well, they expressed gratitude for the transparency that we displayed on the show. Really? Were we transparent? I think so. You know, vulnerability is really relatable. And sometimes people just need to see that, you know, other people go through what they have been through. I feel like I get the most feedback when we talk about those types of subjects. I agree. Positive feedback. Yeah, 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 positive feedback. Um, Some of the men, however, were not feeling our commentary on their behavior when they have a man cold. So they had me laughing laughing all week at that. Well, y'all do be tripping when y'all have a man cold. It's like the end of the world. Like, you know, I mean, oh my goodness. I'm sorry if I offended anybody about y'all's man cold. I'm not sorry. I'm sure y'all women will take good care of you and get you chicken noodle soup. Nope. And NyQuil. Tiffany, yes, you will. No, I won't. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, guys. You know I love y'all. I love my black men or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We want y'all to do better. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. I mean, I'm going to bring you some chicken noodle soup. It's going to be homemade, but I'm going to smack my lips. No, I'm getting it from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I'm, I'm being real. If I if I have to go and get mine from Chick-fil-A, you're you going to get yours get from yours. Chick-fil-A. We're going to work on that. I got a crock pot recipe for you. Well, you can give me the crock pot recipe, okay. but listen, I want to hear no nothing about it. Either you eat it or you can Postmates you some Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Postmates. That's all I gotta say. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> I'm not going there. So good, bad, and indifferent. We get to talk about it. You get to decide how you feel about it. What's going on in the world this week? First of all, who had the unmitigated gall to bite Beyonce? I don't know, but I'm looking for that hoe. If you <laughs> see that hoe, tell her I said square up. Because don't nobody bite Beyonce. Okay? When I seen that, I was like, I will fuck a bitch up. Listen. You they, don't bite Beyonce. You don't even talk about Beyonce. They have been because it under- will go down. Sanaa Lathan's, uh, I don't think that it's her, but they have been under her comments with the bees. And you know, the beehive does not play. I mean, we love Beyonce, right? But there are some people who live, breathe, eat. Some people are extreme. Oh, man. They've been under Tiffany's, They will shut you down. Really? Oh, yeah. Why? Because they're saying she talked too much. But maybe, I don't think that Tiffany told this story fully unless Beyonce Beyonce said it was okay. okay. Yeah, especially after the whole. And you got to think about this. Beyonce is very strategic. Absolutely. So I mean, she's she's going they on want tour. Us to know. Duh. She's having their Should filming they have videos. New music? This could all just be one of Matthew Knowles' school of PR. Like Listen, I don't because know. Her daddy taught her, you honey. Know that mean? daddy taught her well. After good I saw well. him in an interview um, on the Breakfast Club, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. She got all that from her dad. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm just like. I don't know, like, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but if Beyonce didn't want us to know, we wouldn't know. But I just think it's funny how she said, she ran up on, well, Tiffany ran up to Beyonce like, girl, and Beyonce was like, that bitch drunk. (laughs) Yeah, no, she on drugs. Yeah, that bitch on, she on drugs, that bitch on drugs. I'm like, oh my God, I want to hear Beyonce talk like that. But now that explains why Tiffany Haddish was getting ready to get into a fight that night and Beyonce asked her not to. And she said, if you take a picture with me, that's the only way I won't fight. Yeah, because girl. Because why else would you be fighting at Beyonce's party? So it may be true. Yeah, I think so. And they were saying that it was an actress who did it. So, you know, the streets are already trying to figure it out. So they made a list of all the people that were at the party and started eliminating people and like 
Um, I think they ended up with Rihanna, Queen Latifah, but they are who they are and they know that it's not them. No, definitely not. But they're actresses and um, what's that Foster's? Oh, Sarah Foster that was on 90210 and then Sanaa Lathan, which is why people have been under Sanaa's comments. But I'm thinking more so Sarah Foster. I mean, because the- I'm just like, why would you bite Beyonce? Like, do you want to die? Do you not know that somebody will kill you for effing with Beyonce? You don't. You remember that bodyguard they had? The one that passed away? Yeah, from unknown causes. I mean. Mm-hmm. You don't mess with Beyonce, okay? I'm just. I'm, I'm just, not going to do that. I'm, I'm just putting the, I'm just putting out there. The man was doing all kind of lewd acts with their pictures. He that's right. He got sure fired and then he mysteriously died. I'm just saying the Beehive is you in know, full be, force. I don't think that was Beehive. I think that. Never mind. I know it was. Okay, okay, okay. 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 <laughs> we'll listen, be right along. Listen, don't play with the Carters and the Noses. Fact. Um, in, in other news, Black Panther, which we talk about almost every week, <laughs> is officially the U.S.'s top grossing superhero movie of all time. All and time. they did it in less than 40 days of its premiere, topping Last Jedi and Avengers. And it'll still be in the um, movie theaters when... Um, Avengers of Infinity War. I just seen the um, the promo pic for that, and that comes out like April twenty seventh. Black Panther will st- just consider that like Black Panther will still be making money while like, the next one is people will in. go in. They're gonna do double features. Like I am. Listen, I'm so excited, and you guys um, are welcome. Ryan Coogler, you're welcome. The amount of dollars Girl. that came in just from me alone. I think you went like thirty times. Listen. You're welcome. That's all I have to say about it. I think you went like 30 times. And I would go 30 more. When I tell you I know that movie by heart, like almost like I do The Color Purple, I am no joke when it comes to cinematography that I love. But you know what? Now, what I think is so funny is like all those quotables, like we now apply to everyday life. Everyday life. I was talking to um, my best friend and um, me, and she, I don't know what we were talking about. And then she texts back, we will not have it, dog. And I'm like, see, now we apply all of this so to everyday life. Like, it's just so funny. I like, wanted to text you the other day because in an email, you know, I work for a tech company, right? In the email that I sent to somebody, um, I literally used the phrase technological advances. <laughs> and after I press send, I burst into laughter like... Did I really just say that? Yes, but I mean, did. it was appropriate, you know. Yeah. But that's probably not how I would have worded pre worded it pre uh, Black Panther. But now I can't help it. I got something I want to mention to you. Did you watch Black Mirror? Yes, all of season one. Okay. Not season two. This last season, there's an episode on there called Black Museum. Okay. And it has Letitia Wright in it. They say that one is that really is like, good. Oh my gosh! So if anybody's out there out there is listening, I started um, Black Mirror the first se- the first season and could only get through a few episodes, so I kind of fell off. And so when the second season came out, I was like, "Nah, I ain't looking at that." But my brother was like, "No, nah, you gotta look at it." And these are the episodes that were really really good. So on season two, I don't know what the number is, but the name of the episode is Black Museum. It was excellent, and Letitia Wright is in it. It was just phenomenal like you know how certain things just have these twists and you're like whoa i was not expecting that right it like it is so good and it's so um 
appropriate for the things that happen in the black community now. Really? You don't you wouldn't think that when you start watching it. Okay. But when you watch it, you're gonna be like, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those it. episodes are like that. If you there is one, I feel like it's either the first episode or the second episode, whatever episode has something to do with a pig. And if you see yes. Black Mirror, you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to get through, so a lot of people stop watching it after that. But if you can just get past that episode or skip that episode and continue to watch it, like Black Mirror is the I mean, truth. Yeah, like, it's the like truth. I feel like it's like our Twilight Zone. Absolutely. That's a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Black Mirror and um, Black Panther, so Daniel could I always forget like how to pronounce his name. Kalula, the one that played in Get Out, mm-hmm. also played in Black Mirror in the episode called 15 Mir- Million Merits. Did yeah, you he, ever see that? Yeah, one? the one where he was like riding on yes, the riding thing the bike to get out. Was in love with the mm-hmm. white girl. See? That's what happens. You see what happens. No, I'm not. Two times in a row. I'm just playing. I'm not playing. Some of them know. Sometimes I'm playing, but sometimes I'm not. Right. But um, I've seen this this Caucasian lady today with a terrible weave. Ooh, child, it was bad. Why didn't you tell her? I just took a picture of it and sent it to my best friend who do hair. I was like, girl, she needs you. Well, why didn't you? I ain't telling that girl nothing. She came stomping up in there at 8 o'clock in the morning. Like, girl, where you going with this brat's nest on the back of your head? Watch this. Watch this. Well, how come you didn't go tap her on the shoulder and be like, hey, sis? I didn't say it to her, but I said it to myself. I said, sis, you got to brush that. You got to brush that, sister. You want to be down with the weavology, you got to brush that, boo. You need you a wig brush. That was her real hair. Don't do that. It, went, it was one texture at the top, baby doll hair. At the bottom, it was blunt cut across. It wasn't even layered right. I ain't even a hairstylist, and I knew that was all the way wrong. Oh, she's going through some things. Sister need to take that shit out of her head. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that... Um, Man, I'm just commandeering the entire conversation. My bad. Typical. Uh-uh, don't do I'm me. <laughs> <laughs> you really said that with a straight face, too. Uh, go ahead, man. I am joking, Tiffany. Okay, Tessa Thompson, you know, that's my girl crush or, like, one of them. I found a new one. Actually, I think you put me on Yoga uh, Trap Bay or Trap Yoga Bay. Oh, yeah. Listen, um, I'm crazy yeah. about her, like, she's all not of my, a sudden. She's not my, she's not my... Woman crush, but I know just, what you're talking about. Listen, phenomenal. Keisha Gayor is my is my boo. Right? She's so pretty. Never she's mind. pretty and ghetto, and she is my hood spirit animal. Yeah, I was I gonna her. say. <laughs> I was and literally gonna say her. that's your she spirit be animal. It. She be doing too much. If I was her, I would be doing too much too. Yeah. I wouldn't be. I would be doing enough for y'all. I would be giving y'all looks. I'd be giving y'all body. I'd be showing all my body. diamonds. I would be giving y'all hell. Okay. That's all I'm saying. But go Riri, ahead. Riri is still my spirit animal. But cool. That's a good spirit animal to have. Fact. But um, <laughs> God, I want to talk about her too, but I might save it. Um, but anyway, Tessa Thompson, did you hear that she's going to be starring in a Men in Black spinoff? Yes, I saw that. Yep, it's going to be with Chris Hemsworth, um, her Thor co-star. Mm-hmm. If you're a Thor fan, it's coming out May 2019. Um, and if you'll remember, Men in Black, the original had Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in it. So, um, Tessa is also set to play, what's the lady's name? Doris Payne? Yes! The Jewel Thief! Yes. I lo- Girl, when I tell you, I love me some Miss Doris. I Ms. don't Doris know why I'm so get- crazy about her, too, but like, I Doris cannot wait. did not give a damn. She said, if it's, still in, that, if it's in there, I'm getting it. She's like 87 years old still now. Still stealing. She <laughs> admitted to, like... However many aliases she's had, social security numbers that she's had, like, 
I hear that she would show up in the store and then pose as like a rich lady. She would. And have them pulling out so many pieces that they would forget how many pieces that they pulled out and she would just walk out of yeah, the store. Yeah, she would like, like drop it down in her in her in her um sleeve. And she was arrested and in jail and I think France and escaped. Yeah. She did escape. Yeah, she escaped. Y'all, I do not know when Listen. that movie is coming out, but I'm going to be right there. I don't know if it's going straight to Netflix, DVD, uh, if it's going to be in the movie theater, but I will be right there to watch it. Um, I have to say this. What? Because um, I think it's important before I forget and we don't mention it. So if any of you are you know familiar with U.S. history, you um, learned about the Brown versus Board of Education case back in 1954 mm-hmm. that was instrumental in helping to um, desegregate the schools. So Brown, which was Linda Brown, she is now Linda Smith because, of, of course, she's married mm-hmm. or was married. Um, she died today at 76. So I just, you know, wanted to make sure that we remember her, um, you know, and and say that on the podcast. Since this is a Culture Shock podcast, I feel like that's a very important piece of our culture and history. So rest in power to Miss Linda Brown Smith. And thank you for at the age of nine years old being instrumental in changing the course of history forever. You know, what's crazy for my sister's birthday this year, we just bought her um, that painting. And that um, painting this is past, bomb. Or 2017. So she's, her birthday is in October. We just bought her that painting and she cried so hard. Sorry to put you on blast like that, Jasmine. Um, hey, sis. But it was worth the tears, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and so she died Monday. Was it Monday? Yeah. Monday. I'm sorry because you yeah, guys will be here this Tuesday, Tuesday. But today is Monday. So she died today, March 26, 2018. And she yeah. was 76 years old. Thanks for sharing that. you welcome, girl. You know I'm ratchet, but I love some history or whatever. You smart. I'm smart or whatever. Ooh, did y'all hear my phone? That was so ratchet. Uh-huh. Look, look at it. Look at Ooh. you. Look at you and look at you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, speaking of people who passed away, I know... It's still Women's Month, and we're wrapping up Women's Month, so we've been talking about women a lot. But I think um, I don't want to miss the opportunity to say that Charles uh, Lazarus died also this past Thursday. And if you don't know who he is, he is the founder of Toys R Us. Yes, I think he died from broken heart. You think so? Well, okay, so we just talked about how they're headed towards liquidation. Toys R Us is shutting down in its... um, Shutting down its U.S. operations. And Babies R Us. Right. And he, but he was 94. So I'm not sure because he didn't have any more stock in the company anyway. Okay. I'm like, you don't think that sent him over the no. edge? I mean, that, he might that have already still make me sad though, but he's 94. So he yeah. lived a significant life. I'm trying to make it to like 120. I'm going to just keep it all the way real, like but a healthy 120. I was about to say, I don't want to be, you know, laid up in some bed in Mm-mm. the back room, you right. know, Nobody's being mistreated. To me. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I want to be a healthy, you know, 100. Like, how old is the lady from him figures? I don't know. I want to be like her. Right. <laughs> I want to still be walking around, bossing people around. I want to be cooking for my great-great-grandchildren or great-great-great-grandchildren and... You know, they're asking me to sit down, and I'm like, no, I'm going to make these homemade mashed potatoes. Like, right. I want to be that way. A healthy 100. Absolutely. What else happened this week that I felt like was interesting? Oh, 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 oh. Virgil Abloh, um, who was instrumental in Kanye's fashion direction, uh-huh. creative direction, 
Um, he is the creator of Off-White, which is a hugely popular clothing brand that everybody wears, black, white, influencers, That's people right. who really can't afford it. We all do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has been promoted to the head of menswear yes. at Louis Vuitton. Yes. So, About I mean, time. yes, and I'm just... I'm just interested to see how he does there because if you are into fashion, you know Gucci has made like a crazy comeback and has, to me, I feel like urbanized their brand, even with, you know, taking on the um, Dapper Dan looks that they were kind of criticized for. And then they came back on the back end and like collaborated with him and gave him a storefront. So I'm interested to see what... Virgil Abloh does with um, Louis Vuitton. He's been collaborating with Nike. The off-white Nike releases are just phenomenal, although you can never get them. So, I mean, it's like, why even try? But, I mean, I'm just interested to see what he does, and I'm hugely proud of that accomplishment. Because, I mean, how does that happen? Like, I mean, that never happens. Well, if as long as he's uh, each one teaching one, he better be right. Because yeah, honey, I'm we will with it. the stock will go down. Because you know we don't play. Yeah, but um, I just think that that's Black history in the making. So you know we are just making strides, and like you said, the main thing is him touching back because he is from Chicago. So I want to see something going on with him in in Louis Vuitton in Chicago, right. given all the stuff that goes on in Chicago. Like they need to be there doing something for those. For, the, for their people. Right. But, you know, shout out to Virgil Abloh. And I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. You got anything else positive? Because I'm about to start moving into the gram. Um, the only thing I have positive is... Tiana Taylor is my boo. And I watched her on The Breakfast Club today. And She's I just... so fine. She is She's so, so fine. pretty and just relatable and down to earth. And their show airs. Monday night. It will have aired by the time you guys hear this, but it airs tonight, which is Monday night. Um, her and Iman and Junie, and she was on the Breakfast Club talking about I love um, baby Junie. I do too. About uh, giving birth and about that whole story and just it made me cry. I when mean, the first time they told it, it made me cry. I was boohooing. Listen, and it's for just real. it's just good to see that throughout her celebrity and everything that she's gone through, she has kept a level head. And I think that's because she's allowed her mom to stay. Her mom is her manager. Yes. Um, she's got a momager. She's got a momager. Her momager is fine too. But not like Kim K's mom. Mature. Not a not a pimp. She has a mother. Ouch. <laughs> and on saying. that note. Yeah, we can move on because you know you start. I got some, She was going to come up anyway. No. Because I got something to say about Kim and Kanye. Well, more so Kanye. So, they're going to come up anyway. I say I miss Kanye at least once a week. Jeez. Which Kanye? The old Kanye. Kanye West or Kanye Kardashian? Because they're two West. different I don't Kanyes. Miss, I mean, Kanye Kardashian still exists. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. God, I wish sometimes you guys could see what was going on with these facial expressions in here. Maybe one day we're going to have to record like... We're going to have to record live because, yeah. honey, I will get you together with this face. Okay. So Okay. I know y'all can't answer me, but okay. Last week, we talked about the Austin, um, Texas bomber. Mm-hmm. The terrorist attack. The terrorist attack. So, self-proclaimed psychopath, because that's what he said about himself in his video. Oh, but I thought he was this naive, um, you know, misunderstood boy, like... So, he's he's not, right? Like, I we mean, all he, knew he wasn't. He said... But that's what they say. He told me. Oh, okay. And us. Okay. And y'all. 
that he was a psychopath. Um, his name is Mark Anthony Condit, or was. His life ended last week after police were able to identify him based on um, a park, a parking lot security yes, camera. Yes, at Home Depot. Yes. Yes, I read Got about that. Got that license plate number. He was in there buying pink garden gloves. And why? Because he's a self-proclaimed. Yes, psychopath. Psychopath. Um, they used, once they figured out who he was, they used uh, cell phone triangulation or cell phone technology to verify that he had been at every bombing location. After he was cornered in a SWAT pursuit, a bomb blew up in his vehicle. Some people think it was an accident, but I just want to mention his victims. Um, his victims mm-hmm. from the previous bombings were the ones who passed away, and were Anthony House, he was 39, and then I think Draylon... Mason was 17. That's the one that played the instrument. And, and someone said that he got accepted into Oberlin. Really? Yes. Yeah, he had, he. they found out that he was accepted. So, I mean, his life is just gone for no, for no reason. For no reason. And somebody with such, you know, possibility and, you know, future ahead of them is gone because some idiot decided to bomb somebody like a coward. Yeah. It's just sickening. Um, and then there was a black woman and a Hispanic woman. So, correction to something I said last week. They were injured, but they did not pass away. When the bomb went off uh, after SWAT pursued him, I think they said one of the officers flew way back, but he did not uh, suffer any major injuries. Yeah, Draylon Mason. Yeah. Um, he was accepted into Oberlin Conservatory of Music on Friday, and... Um, the school said that he would have received his official um, letter last Friday at four. Ah, uh, can you imagine being his parents and receiving that letter? That's crazy. And Anthony House was, I believe, I don't want to say how many kids he had because I don't know, but he was definitely a father. So rest in peace to those individuals. But I mean, it just angers me. It angers Truly, me too. On so many levels for so many different reasons. So many complex reasons that I know I don't have time to discuss right now, but it's crazy out here in these streets. Oh my gosh, today, like, we we ordered, I ordered something from eBay, but it wasn't for me, so I totally forgot about it. And I left and came back, and it was this package wrapped up on my porch. Mm -mm. And I instantly was like, what is this? Because I had forgotten that I had even ordered it. I was like, oh, it's eBay. Right. (laughs) Because I didn't remember, like, because it wasn't, it was somebody else. You know, when it's yours, you're like, oh, let me remember. My package is coming, but I had totally forgot about it and then it was there this morning i was like and it was wrapped up all crazy i was like what is this and i was like oh it's ebay like it's a shame like you can't even you're scared of packages that's sad dropped off it's a different world that we live in uh from the one that we were born into and i know ever so every so often i say that um and i always mean something different by it but it really is different it was you know what's bad is that we're talking about a serious subject Mm -hmm. but when you said that i started to break out into the theme song well, you said it's a different world, no. and I was like, "Then where you come from?" It's In okay. my head, that is terrible. No, it's just what makes you you. Oh my gosh, I it have a pop culture reference or black culture reference for everything. You just got a short attention span. That's what you have. And I'm drinking espresso. That's true. It's not time. helping. No, it's not. Sorry, okay. my you're bad. gonna be up all night. Um, oh, Stephon Clark. Yes. Can we talk about him? So yes, he was we can. a 20 year, 22 year old Sacramento, California resident. He was definitely a devoted father of two, according to those who loved him. 
and he was shot 20 times by Sacramento police and his grandmother, I think her name was Sakita Thompson. Yeah, Sakita Thompson's backyard after the police received a phone call from someone in the neighborhood indicating that there was a man who had broken car windows. Mm-hmm. Um, after the initial shooting, police said that uh, Stefan Clark had a firearm. Then they said it was a crowbar, and then they finally admitted that it was a cell phone. What so, is he going to do with a crowbar? I guess they were trying to say he was the one. He had to have been the one who broke into the cars because he's the one who had, like, a crowbar or so, a bar. So when somebody breaks in a the car, they stop making crowbars? Nobody else can have a crowbar. I guess not, girl. That's just ridiculous. But they had to come out and finally admit that it was a cell phone. So Sacramento residents, of course, took to the streets to bring attention to this case. Um, And that was this past Thursday night, causing the Sacramento gang to be delayed by 20 minutes, which is fine. Um, But they stopped allowing admittance into the game. So the Kings ended up having to play to a crowd of approximately 2,000 fans in that whole arena. Can you imagine? Like, I saw the picture. Can you Mm -hmm. imagine what that looked like if you haven't seen it? And um, Ben Crump is currently representing the family. He was the lawyer for Mike Brown and for Trayvon Martin's family. And DeMarcus Cousins and Matt Barnes, who are both former Kings players, have volunteered to um, pay for the funeral. And also the Kings, um, they wore shirts honoring Stephen Clark. Good. Um, and the shirts on the front said accountability, we are one, and then it had hashtag Stephen Clark. I don't know if it's Stephen or Stephon. I think it was originally Stephen Clark, and then he changed it on his birth certificate, and then he changed it when he was younger because he didn't want to have the same name as his dad. That's what his brother said. Oh. That's what his brother said in the article. Yeah, <clears> so <throat> they, they honored him by wearing um you know, wearing shirts. And that's one thing that I can say about the NBA that I can't say about the NFL. The NBA will stand up for something. No, they really will. They don't care. They will stand up. They will say whatever they need to say, wear shirts. You know, just like whenever, um, who was it? Seven Streeter wore that Black Lives Matter shirt singing the national anthem at the 76ers game. And they, they she was trying to, and they told her that she couldn't. Yeah. And they, the team, everybody put up such a fight that they had to invite her back and let her sing the national anthem. Right. Like. That's the right thing to do. Yeah, but I just feel like, you know, the. the they got different owners, too. That's what I was going to say. The owners have so much control. Yeah. Over the NFL players. And did you see. um, What's my boy's name? How, how did that just leave my mind? I don't know, but your nail's cute, though. Thank you, girl. Thank you. Kaepernick. I don't know how that slipped my mind. <laughs> Colin Col- Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick um, went to his hearing about the. Um, against the NFL um, owners for kind of like, you know, basically blackballing him for, I guess he's going, I guess trying to get, sue them for conspiracy or Uh whatever it is. Um, And he wore a shirt that had Kunta Kinte. That's what he wore to the hearing. That's dope. It really is. I'm like, I love it. Did it have the words Kunta Kinte on there or did it have LeVar Burton on there? I think it had the words. Okay. Look it up to see, but I think it had the words Kuta Kinte because they I may look, look at that. Up. They may not know who, when, you know, white folks will see that. They may not know who Kuta Kinte is just by seeing it. I think he had the words, but I thought that was, that made a huge statement because that's what they're treating him like. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. So that was, that was, um, I think a good thing by the players to wear those shirts and to kind of, not kind of, but to make their, 
position known. Yeah, it just had the words. Yeah, it just had the words. Dang. <laughs> I don't know. Because I have an affinity for um LeVar Burton, I would have loved it if it had his face. And, and Kunta Kinte. Kunta Kinte. Well, maybe you should get you a shirt like that. I will, girl. Who's going to make it for me? King Kunta. Y'all know somebody? It's got to say King Kunta. Yo, listen. <laughs> that's one of my favorite Kendrick songs. Me like, it's too. so hype. Oh, my God. Let's not get on Kendrick. Okay. Because oh, we let's, can. Let's get, let's get on Kendrick. Yeah, let, let's. So, apparently. Let's. Yeah, apparently. Um, there is a Kendrick um, Lamar autobiography being written. Um, now, I don't know if this is going to be an official autobiography, if Kendrick is going to have anything. I think that's so weird how you can just write an autobiography about somebody and not really have their consent. Yeah. But there's a, a gentleman named Marcus Moore, and he is a senior editor for Bandcamp, who says that he's writing a cultural biography on Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that I'm not here for it, but I can't say that I'm completely here for it if Kendrick is not like, yeah, I'm going to be involved in this. Right. And, XYZ. I would assume that, I mean, the man is still living. Like, why wouldn't you reach out to him? You know what? I've seen crazy Or they mean he could have reached out to him and Kendrick said no. And he's like, well, I'm still going to do it anyway. You know, people I wouldn't want to do that. Because I would feel like my facts wouldn't be, you know what? Never mind. You're right. Because Rachel Dolezal's exist. I don't want to talk about Rachel. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I didn't bring it up. Transracial dumbass. I didn't bring it up if you don't want to talk about it. Let's not. Okay. Moving on. So, this past weekend, we had, and by we, I mean America, or the collective, had the March for Our Lives to bring awareness to gun reform. So, 200,000 people in D.C. alone were there to bring awareness um, to gun violence, and I have so many feelings about it, and I'm sure you do too. So let's just jump right into that. Um, I first, I just want to say I think the display is beautiful, and everyone has a part to play. But I'm leery of gun reform, first of all, because I know that it's going to inimically affect the black community instead of tackling the real issue. And the reason why this is an issue. Or the reason why this issue is at the forefront um, right now is because it's exponentially affecting white America. And I saw something that said, I saw several things that I I, want to mention. Uh, But one of them is that guns aren't out of control. White people are. And while some people might be upset about that statement, I stared at it for a long time and decided that I wholeheartedly agree with the statement. Yeah, because we're not running up in those schools with AR-15. Thank you. And if America really cared about gun reform, then the streets will be filled with 200,000 protesters or the equivalent, um, the percentage equivalent, when black boys and black girls are gunned down in the streets, when Zimmermans are acquitted and stuff like that. So here's the thing. Predominantly brown schools are being shot up, like you mentioned, and they're certainly not being, schools aren't, being shot up by disgruntled black kids and i'm not saying it would never happen it's just not happening and i'm not willing to deal with issues that might happen when there are so many issues that are that i can focus on right now and i came across the post by a guy um that i follow named marcus bass today that read the root of gun violence in america is racism which is something that we discuss all the time anyway Mm -hmm. um don't miss the forest for the trees. And one by a guy whose last name I can't pronounce, so forgive me. 
Um, but it read, after Columbine, over 1,000 school police officers were hired just in case a school shooting happened. Two decades later, they haven't stopped a single school shooting. Instead, they've arrested over 1 million kids, mostly students of color, for routine behavior violations. Because this issue is rooted in racism, I will always want the right to protect mine from those who will surely find a way to abuse the law no matter what. Um, and until white America wants to protect Mike Brown and Tamir Rice and Eric Gardner and Walter Scott's and Philando Castile's, I can't sign on to gun reform the way that America is proposing it. Just because if it does go through, then they're going to be in the black community. And I was discussing this with Ken, like in the way that drugs were planted and then they were in the black community, and it was a war on drugs. It'll be the same way. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. You're not. I know you're not. But sorry. I'm just. Those are my feelings. And I know you and I did not discuss this beforehand, so I'm ready to hear what you have to say. I agree with the sentiment, and I think that it's important. Um. But basically, I wish that the same public outrage would occur for the types of people that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I'm one who is opposed to gun reform because I'm not. Okay. Um, Because I just don't know why reasonably me, why I would need a weapon that can shoot out a hundred bullets in like six seconds. Like why, why do I need that? Like who am, am I hunting? Like, no, like, why do you need that? So I definitely think that there needs to be some reform into the types of guns that are being... These guns are... I can't even say they're being sold. These people are, like, shipping these guns over here and dropping them off and going to gun dealers behind, you know, closed doors and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, they're not making these guns in the black communities, but some kind of way they're still ending up there, and it will end up being a war on the black community because these guns will still be out there and they'll be running up in people's houses trying yeah. to find them. With that said, there does need to be some type of system put in place because if if you can't even go and buy alcohol, why do you need an AR-15? I do not disagree with that. Why? And why do I have to go through more trouble to drive a car than I do to get an AR-15? It makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there needs to be gun reform. I do not feel like all guns should be taken away. I think that's what really gets on my nerves is when you say there needs to be gun reform and then somebody says, oh, you're going to take all our guns. Like, who said that? Nobody Nobody said said that. that. I feel like there needs to be something put in place to where there are stricter restrictions on getting these types of guns or, or, you know, the age requirement. But at the same time, the people that are getting these guns aren't the ones manufacturing them. So... Unless it starts from the top, it's going to be pointless. And then you have most of these politicians that are being paid for and lobbying for or being lobbied by all, you know, the NRA. So it's kind of like until the, the change is not going to happen until all these people that are out there vote for people that will make a change. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but black folks didn't put Trump in office. A lot of those people that were out there marching put Trump in office or voted for these people that are 
paid by the NRA. White male evangelicals, white women. So, I mean, sis and bro, who are you really mad at? Because we could have been, something should have been done. And I know that Barack was in office and we know that a lot of things after, you know, he won, he was unable to do because, you know, everything turned Republican, everything turned red. But something should have been done about this when all those kids got shot up in Newtown. Before Newtown. Before, but I'm saying if that if it didn't happen then, when elementary school kids are being shot, because it already happened at Columbine. It already. So my thing is, it should have been done before that. But if it if nothing changed when babies are being killed in elementary school, that just shows you that. Excuse my language. They do not give a fuck. Their bottom line is the NRA is paying me and my voters like to be able to buy whatever guns they want. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it's going to be. Boom. And I just feel sorry for kids that have to go to school with this fear because we didn't we didn't have to go to school with that fear. Right. Like you just stated, we feared the resource officers more than we feared each other. Because they're the ones that they're the ones that will threaten you. They're the ones that will twist your arm behind your back. They're the ones who will say you tried to hit them and you didn't. They're the ones who say you did X, Y, Z and suspend you. That's who we were scared of, not each other. So it's just crazy that we live in this world where kids can't even go to school. And one other thing I want to say, I remember, and if and if anybody's listening to this that is from D.C., I remember when we lived in D.C. for a short period of time, and my brother went to a high school named McKinley Tech. Okay. And when, I'm telling you, at a certain time, it was like lockdown, like gates, metal detectors. You had to have clear book bags. So my thing is, why can't you do that now? You could, you could do it back in the 80s and 90s for the black schools. Why can't you do it at the white schools? Because this is where the shootings are happening. Well, now, I've asked that several times. But then those same parents won't want their kids behind bars. Well, or, they need to be because your kids, Sally and, and Tommy and Lawrence, are, are shooting up everybody. Right. So, some, Mark, like, why, Mark Anthony yeah, Condit. Why can't that happen? That's the place to start before you start putting guns in the hands of elementary and middle and high school teachers that don't want to do that. I feel like I saw an article within the last two weeks that said something about a, an officer accidentally shooting. A, it was an accident, but a, a teacher. Yeah. Did, did I say and, teacher? And what shooting will, a student. And what it will turn into, it will turn from these teachers having guns to protect the, the students it will turn into, I fear for my life, so I shot X, Y, Z. Right. I fear for my life, so I shot. It will become a disciplinary yes. um, item. Yes. And then we'll have even more black and brown and even poor kids that aren't black and brown dead because some grown-ass teacher feared for their life from a child. Right. And we know, I mean, we've been in school. We're not that far removed. We know teachers mistreat children. They are human beings, too, and so they bring their biases into the classroom. Yeah. So, there's that. Another thing. And another thing. I thought it was hilarious to see Kanye West out here at this march. When you told us to be quiet about racism back when all the Trump shit was going on when he was meeting with Trump. I ain't never seen you at a Black Lives Matter rally. I ain't never seen you posting nothing about that. And I understand the cause. It is very important. But, 
it was just very telling to see you out there, but you don't ever say nothing about the people who put you where you right. are. Not just Kanye, but a, a lot of other stars and a lot of brown faces were a, a lot more brown faces than I expected to see were out there at the marches. And I'm just like, but they don't come to yours. That's the thing. Sis, they and don't this, come to yours. This is not a tip for Brother. tat, but it's kind of like... It is handle, a tip for tat. But it's like handle your issues at home and make sure that's taken care of before you go helping somebody else. What's this, what does the song say? Sweep around your own front door? Sweep and around I know, your own front door. I know that's not exactly uh, what the intention of the song originally was, but it applies here. Uh, so it, it does. And I was just like, look at him out there with this pink and blonde hair looking like a kung fu. Lord Jesus Christ. That's y'all's boy. White tears matter. That's, that's y'all's boy. Because I, I done gave up on him a long time ago. He, it'll be an act of Congress. The only way that I... I'm going to tell you how I get back on Team Kanye. If him and Jay make up and I get a watch the throne too. That don't happen. Oh my done. God. Yeah, see, that don't never happen. <laughs> so, we done. Never say never. Um, but white, white tears matter more than black lives right now. Uh, ha- always have. I don't. I hope that... It won't always be that way, but that's how it is right now. So, yeah, I just thought that was, I just thought that was crazy just to see him out there when you never do anything for us, you never say anything. Was you Kim told us, out there? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then that's why you told us to be quiet about racism. I'm tired of talking about it. We already know. Well, we've been knowing that kids been shooting up schools since Columbine. Right. So you shut up. You with your dumb ass. You won't say it to his face. I will say it to his face. That's why I love that interview with Charlemagne when he just went in and let have. I love that interview because I'm like, Charlemagne talk a lot of crap. But when Kanye got up there, he said all that stuff that he be saying. And I was like, thank you. Yep. And I don't want anybody to think that I do not like Kanye. I think my feelings are more hurt at how things right, have turned right, out. Right. Of course. That's what it is. Because I don't know if I mentioned it on here before, but there was a post of a t-shirt brand and... The t-shirt says something like, I wonder if Yeezy, if Jesus was all talk because Jesus didn't need Adidas to walk. And I said, you know what? I'm going to buy that shirt. I got to buy that shirt. But did you ever buy the shirt? I want to, but I, oh, okay. I didn't know where it came from. I just seen it on somebody's. Google, girl. It was like a Tumblr pic. Okay. So, you know, I couldn't, it wasn't like it was added to somebody and they had it on. It was like a Tumblr pic that somebody just had reposted. And I was like, oh, my God. And it could have been, you know, sometimes people just Photoshop words on a shirt, right. put it on a picture. So, I don't know if it was a real shirt or not. But I was like, mm-hmm, you're right. We're you going to do our research. We're going to because you. when I find it, honey, I'll wear it and I'm going to post it on the Culture Shop Podcast site. And Tiffany is going to dislike it if there's a dislike button. <laughs> I'm still going to post it. <laughs> I'll probably just skip over it like I don't see it. <laughs> Okay, so it is the end of March. This is our last episode for the month of March. I've had a really good time um, just celebrating women, Mm -hmm. celebrating the women mostly who look like me, celebrating myself, celebrating you. Uh, Much like Black History Month, you know, we can celebrate being a woman or womanhood all year long. Um, but it's still nice to have one month to just kind of focus right. on all things feminine and just recharging our feminine energy and lifting each other up and praising other women and bringing attention to women who have, you know, made an impact in the lives of others, in our community, and especially us individually. Mm-hmm. And so today, on our way out of inter- or National Women's Month, 
I just want to talk for a minute about four women who have left a stamp on our lives. And um, so I don't know if you already have some women in mind, mm-hmm. um, but this was when I thought about it, I didn't realize it was going to be this tough. But this was really difficult for me because I'm not easily influenced, yes. if you will. Um, I operate in admiration of the habits and gifts of the women who surround me. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, or the ones who come through my life. And so for that, I could not consolidate a list because I, we would be here forever. Like we would literally be here listing women that I admire forever because I think women are amazing and I think my friends are amazing and I think people who I don't or have not developed friendships with are still phenomenal. Um, I can, however, point out four women who put a stamp on my heart and Mm -hmm. I know they put a stamp on my heart because I can see them when I look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I can feel them when I'm having patience where I thought I had none Um, I can tell that they are with me in the way that I love other individuals. So I just want to talk about those women today. Okay. Mm Okay. And I'd like to start, of course, with my mother. Um, And I know, you know, we have discussed this before. You know, everybody wants to talk about their mom. Um, But I just, you know, mention mine because she's a different kind of mom. You know, I like (laughs) to tell people all the time she's tough. Mm -hmm. I can remember being a little kid like, uh, whether I was here in the States or walking around in Germany. And my mama did not play. She's like, you know, you better keep up. She's not the kind of mom that would even, like, once I was tall enough to reach the phone or could talk on the phone, mm-hmm. if I had a dentist appointment or a doctor's appointment, I might have had to push a stool to get the phone book. But I still had to um, call the doctor myself. I might not have known all the details. She might be sitting right beside me, and I might have to say, Okay, well, what's my social security number? Mm-hmm. A two, four, you know, just repeating stuff back. But she wanted to make sure that I could do everything on my own. I learned how to cook when I was seven. I learned how to care for people, you know, before I hit second grade. And she's just one of those people. Like, even if I used to complain, because if we were sick, my mama did not baby you. I mean, she would make sure you had a bottle of water, but my mom was the kind of person that would be like, look. You better make it to the bathroom because I am not cleaning up after you. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, some people would look at that and go, oh, man, she was mean. But on the other hand, like, I'm very self-sufficient. That way Watch now, absolutely, you know, if I ask for something or if I'm, like, way down and out, I need you. Mm-hmm. Because I've done everything that I possibly could before I asked. Um, so shout out to my mom because she's one of my four women. Hey, mom. And she's got a birthday coming up. Happy early birthday, Mom. I'm going to mention it again. So <laughs> we're both April babies. I was uh, her birthday present one year. Are y'all born on the same day? Nope. She had a birthday on the 11th, and then she went into labor on the 14th Oh. of April. Aries Nation. That's, stand a, up. that's a good birthday gift. Yep. I think so. I'm pretty that's amazing. A, that's an awesome birthday. I mean, if I was a hellraiser, then I'd be like, uh, nope. She'd probably be like, Lord, I mean, that was the worst birthday ever. No, I'm a good child. You can ask about me. She still tells people to this day, like, no, she was a really good kid, like, Aww. growing up. I feel good about that. How about you? Um, yeah, I had a hard time coming up with women who had influenced me. Um, but for the most part, 
I had to pick women who basically just left a mark on me. Yeah. Um, and, and some of them influenced me. But the first um, woman I want to talk about is actually <clears throat> my cousin. Her name is Shonda. And she was 20 when I was born. And I was like her baby. Like she went to Livingstone College and she would come home on the weekends and keep me. And for a while, I actually lived with her. And I remember um, her just treating me like her daughter. Like when I turned 10, she let me have a sleepover at her house with all my friends and took us to Putt-Putt and bought me Spice Girl CDs. Like I was like her baby. And she was like the first female that I saw that went to an HBCU and still were friends with her college buddies and they knew me and she took me to my first HBCU homecoming. So she kind of put that seed in me and, um, you know, she's always told me that I was like her daughter and we've always been really close. And so I just appreciate her exposing me to that life at such a young age. And I try to do that for my nieces and, and my friends, children who, you know, I'm close with just try to like, like the spark and at least expose them to to higher education and to college life and you know whenever I used to like go with her to meet her friends and and when I went with her to to live in the sun I was like oh my god like this is school days you know like I just yeah loved that's sweet yeah I just loved hearing about their stories and you know she would just like crack up when she would talk about all the stuff her friends did and it just you know reminds me of my life now and the stories that I have. Right. So shout out to Shonda for, you know, leaving me with that or passing on that legacy to me. So that's such a good story. Thank you, girl. I'm trying not to get emotional because I was, honey, I gave y'all too much. Last you know, I'm week. a G. She don't be crying or whatever, at least not in public. Bye, girl. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so, okay, number two. Courtney be sensitive. Courtney be sensitive. And now that I'm almost. 30 on 25. <laughs> 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 just be real sensitive or whatnot. You know, like just all of these emotions, like just wait, like I'm telling you, like waves of emotion just hit me. Like sometimes it's gratitude. Sometimes it's awe. Sometimes it's like love for the people around me. And, you know, it's just strange because I never have felt this way before. Emotions make you cry sometimes. H-Town! Come on, H-Town! Emotions make you cry sometimes. I always got a musical reference. Oh, Lord, they do. But anyway, go ahead, boo. So, okay. So you mentioned a different world, or I mentioned a different world, and then you were trying to sing the song earlier (laughs) during a serious moment. But um, So my aunt, or aunt, depending on how you say it. Aunt. Okay. My aunt, Emily. Oh, you just have to be... In opposition, that's right. Oh my Because that's how I'm a rebel. A hater gonna hate yo. I am um, a girl black. <laughs> <laughs> so my aunt Emily Dickens. Um, man, Emily Dickens. Yeah. Is that a? Is that that like a book or an author or somebody? Or is that Charles Dickens? Yes. It's an Emily. Some. It's a notable. Emily Dickens. I'm probably tripping. But anyway, go on with your story, girl, because you know I'll go off on a tangent. 
Why did I think that? Yeah. She's a poet. Yeah, that's what I thought. But Emily, that's your aunt's name? So my aunt's name is Emily Dickens. The the poet is oh. Emily Dickens' son. Oh, I see. I know, but I always love the name for that reason. The literary right? mind, like, girl. Exactly. You okay. be knowing. I be knowing. Okay. Look at me. So speaking of a different world, um, whenever I was growing up, she was in college and she's an HBCU grad. Woo-woo. Went to uh, North Carolina Central. So she's an Boo. eagle. <laughs> I mean, it's not A&T, but I won't go there. I'd rather go to A&T uh, than Central. Uh-uh, don't do that. I, I'm not. I mean, you're you not going to do that right I'd now. I'd rather go to T than Central. Uh-uh. <laughs> yes, I would. But Come anyway. on, man. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I have a lot of family that went to T. I don't care. So that, that's I'll, our real rival. I don't care. If I had to pick, I would why go to are you, um, other than Central. I don't know why she's talking during my session, y'all. I'm sorry. And go then ahead. got the nerve to talk about A&T. We don't do that. I will go for ANT over Central. I'm sorry. <gasps> I'm, I'm just being honest. Like Future said, I'm just being honest. I'm going to make you eat those words. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, went to law school and I just, I don't know, like, I just love her to pieces because she she's kind of like my mom in that she don't take no junk either, yeah. which is admirable. Like, I love people who don't take no junk. And That's the kind of woman to be. Yep. And she take she doesn't take no for an answer. Like whatever she wants, she's gonna go get it. She stops at nothing. It's one of those situations where you know how sometimes they'll tell you when you're growing up, like loyalty to a job is important. And I think she's definitely been loyal in her profession, but any opportunity that she's seen to move up, like she slid right on in there. She has no problem getting to know you know, new people and making sure she's networking appropriately according to where she wants to go. And I will not forget, like, one year when I was about to graduate, I think it was for Christmas, she brought me my first piece of nice luggage, which I still have that carry bag to this day. You know how much I love to go now and and try new things, eat new things, go to new places. Like, Mm -hmm. she really enhanced my love for travel early on and even in my adult life like I really uh, admire who she is and where she's going because you can tell just from the momentum that she has that she's not anywhere close to being finished Mm -hmm. so shout out to my aunt Emily hey Emily auntie um who is in North Carolina right now and I did not know that y'all were coming until I saw a picture posted oh, on the gram, but I will not you. even. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. That was a good one. Thank you. So my next um family matters woman. <laughs> my next woman that made an impact on me or left a mark on me was one of my college professors. Um, her name is Dr. Ann Moye, and she's um. I don't know if she's still there. I tried to Google and go to um, Winston-Salem State's page to see if she was still actually teaching. I'm not sure if she is or not, but she taught English, um, freshman English, and she is the first person to really, to really, how can I put this, to really make me see that I had a gift for writing. She's the first person that really ever acknowledged really? it. Yeah. Um, so that's beautiful. And it was beautiful. This this ent- if anybody listened to this that was in freshman English with me, we became a family 
in that class because of Dr. Moye. Um, I wrote a story about graduating from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was supposed to be very descriptive and, and we were supposed to turn it into like, you know, it was supposed to almost seem like fiction. Okay. And I wrote this story and, you know, we turned them in and, you know, everybody went on about their week or whatever. We came back to class and she was like, you know, I want one, I want this student to come up here and read this story because it was phenomenal. And so I'm just sitting there like, oh, I wonder if she's going to pick, you know? Right. And she's like, Courtney. It was you. Yeah. Or she's like, Miss Bohannon, come up here and read your story. Wow. And I have always had other aspirations other than, you know, what my degree is in. And yeah. I remember one day after class, she made me stay and she was like, I need to talk to you. Come to my, come to my, um, to my office. So I go to her office and we're sitting there and she was like, I just really feel like your gift is somewhere else. She was like, what are you, what are you going for? And I told her I was going to school for nursing. She was like, I just feel like. Why didn't you listen to her? I say it all the time. I, and that's why I'm telling you, that's why I always think about Dr. Moye because she said, you just have a knack for writing and speaking and conveying your point and being enthusiastic about it. And we actually had a classmate that was in class with us whose child was killed tragically during our semester, during that semester. And she allowed us to, um, we took money up and we all met one weekend at Build-A-Bear and got this classmate a Build-A-Bear with all our voices in it, just telling her that we loved her in honor of her son and we gave it to her in the class. I mean, this this was the best class experience that I had at Winston-Salem State. Wow. And I just, all like, she tried to convince me to switch my major as a freshman. And I don't know why I didn't listen to her, but she's always stuck in the back of my mind and I just always think about how, just how welcoming she was to us and, and how she made us feel protected and like we could voice our opinion. And we... We would have debates in her class. I mean, she was just an awesome, awesome, awesome professor. And she left her mark on me. And whenever I think about the things I'm doing now and even the things I want to do, I always think back to, man, I should have listened to Dr. Moye. She she knew, like, she knew then, like, this is these are the types of things that you should be doing. So she left a mark on me. And I always think about her. I wish I had her. I need to look her up and see if I can't find her. I hope her. you find her. When you blow up, she wait. Like, okay. You know. When I'm up there getting one of my awards or whatever, I'll be like, uh, I just want to give a shout out to Dr. Moye for, you know, putting that fire in me to be like, girl, you need to think about other things. So, it's so I know that was long-winded. But no, it was out. good. It was good. Um, educators are... You know, when you're an adult and you go to work, you are at home or at work more waking hours than you are at home with your family. And same sort of for whenever you are in school. If you participate in anything other than just your regular classroom activities, whether it's high school, college, whatever, you're in school more than you are with your own family. And so what educators do... Uh, good and bad leaves an impression on you Mm -hmm. and it's funny that you talk about a professor because one of my women and I'm sure I'm sure I'm going to forget to say something that I want to convey but one of my four women um, the other two women I mentioned of course because it's my aunt and my mom are women of color and the last one well anyway but this woman is not however I had a teacher her name was Karen Huey, or is Karen Huey. And she was my violin teacher whenever I was in high school. And I 
want to talk about her because I just mentioned how my mom went into labor um, three days after her birthday mm-hmm. and had me. My mom went into labor in Karen Huey's violin class, her orchestra class. Oh, my gosh. And it's so crazy because I have so many stories about this teacher. Um, And in my adulthood, I feel sorry for her because she couldn't have been that far out of college herself. Mm -hmm. And so she's teaching these teens and she's got this pregnant teenager in her class, in her violin class and her water breaks. And here I come. And so... Long story short, um, as I, you know, come up and finally get to the level where she can teach me, I become her student. Mm -hmm. And even at my senior recital, like I ended up, I love the violin, first chair, all of that. And at my senior recital, she told the story because she always called me like her grand student. And so uh, she told that story and it's very beautiful. Um, But the whole time I was growing up, like, if I needed new strings, mm-hmm. like my mom was working hard. She didn't have time or I wouldn't have been able to play. She picked me up for rehearsals. She brought me home at night. Um, she paid for my Allstate fees. She fed me, took me to the beach. If Allstate was in Wilmington, then I had a place to stay. Um, just You're really like her baby. Like no, a little, seriously. Little grandbaby. Let me tell you, so much so that I'm not making this up on... Sunday, she sent me a text message. I'm not lying. I can show it to you. It said, hey, you should come. Because after school or during school, I used to play for the Lee County Community Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And during college, I would come home and I always play the Christmas concerts. And even after that, I've played a couple concerts since then. Like, I can go home and play anytime. She texted me on Sunday and said, you should come to the um, concert this Sunday And I was like, oh, man, I would if I was in town, but I'm in Charlotte. I'm sorry. I love you. She was like, okay, happy early birthday. She'll never forget because my mom went into labor, so she knew that it was coming up. Um, That is precious. That is so sweet. I am her baby. Yeah. And I just love her so much. Her name is Karen Huey. She didn't have to do, and I hear that she used to do some of those same things for my mom, so it's just crazy. Um, that that you know comes full circle, mm-hmm. and that that's I ended crazy up being that, that your mom too. went to labor in there, and then you're in her class. Yep, I, I went just, everywhere. I know she was just probably tickled, like you know, yes. like just like oh my god, this is the baby that was almost born in my classroom. Yep, and, and I here was she a good is. student too. And the jacket that my mom had on when she went into labor was a Lee County Community Orchestra jacket with a B on it because everybody in North Carolina, I mean, in um, Lee County was a yellow jacket. Like, all the schools until a couple of years ago, I have that jacket. She saved that jacket for me. I have that jacket in the closet. I mean, the teacher saved the jacket mm-hmm. for me all those years that was and precious. gifted it to me. So, shout out to Karen Huey because she's... She is what educators are supposed to be. That's what you that's what you imagine when you send your children to school. You're you're going to imagine that they are sitting in a classroom with a Karen Huey every time yeah. they switch yeah. periods. And but you know what? Those types of teachers those types of teachers are few and far between. The only other teacher that I could think that went above and beyond for me was my and it, and you know what? This is this is this is all, even this moment right now that I'm about to say this is full circle because the only other teacher that I could think of that made that 
much of an impact on me was my seventh grade English teacher. Once again, back to English. And this was the class that we read A Wrinkle in Time. And we were going on a trip. The seventh grade had a trip to space camp in NASA. Nice. And I remember she was always on me about everything Mm -hmm. because she knew that I was good at English. And I mean, you know, writing and reading and all that kind of stuff. And she used to just be on me all the time. And so um, I remember when everybody was like getting their permission slips in and doing X, Y, Z for the for the um, trip to Alabama to space camp. I remember she held me up to class and was like, Courtney, you know, why haven't you turned in your stuff? And I was like, oh, I can't go. And she was like, why not? And I was like, because nobody has, you know, $250 to send me there. And I remember a couple of days before the trip, she made me stare to class again. And she had went to her church and got them to pay for me to go. So I got to go to space camp. Those are the types of teachers that you want your child to have. I swear. And it's always my English teachers. I don't know why. It's always my English teachers that go above and beyond for me. I love a good teacher. You hear? Shout out to the educators. I, this isn't one of my um, women, but I had a teacher named Miss Bullock, mm-hmm. and there's a school named after the Bullocks. It's called BT Bullock in Sanford, North Carolina. But she sent her husband. I, my medicine was left at school. I guess you could still give kids medicine at school at the time, and I did not have my medicine. And I remember the doorbell ringing one night. She had sent her husband to my mama's house, to my parents' house, to uh, make sure that I got my medicine. It was, like, late at night. Yeah. Those like, are the, thank those are the you. types of that's love. That you, yeah, that's a, that's too. a love for children and a love for your profession. Because mm-hmm. anybody else would have been like, well, she'll be there tomorrow and yeah. worry about it. Exactly. So, um, my third woman um, is actually, oh, God, I love this person so much. Her name is Charmaine Reed, and I remember when I got my first nursing job at Duke University Medical Center in radiology, and I remember walking, like, you know how sometimes you say things, but you don't really think it's going to happen? I remember before I graduated from nursing school, I said, I'm working at Duke. I didn't know mm-hmm. doing what. I just said, I think it would just be awesome to say I worked at Duke. Right. So I applied for a job and got an interview, and so I get there, and I remember walking up to the front of the hospital and almost having a full-blown panic attack. Why? I mean, because I'm at Duke. You know, like, I I feel like, you know, like, when I, and it's huge, like, on the front, it says Duke University. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, I got to go in here? Like, I'm going to work here? You know, so I remember I was so nervous when I got in there. And they sent Charmaine to get me from the front. Mm -hmm. And this chocolate black girl with this curly Shirley Temple hair and these pretty eyes walk up and is like, hey, I'm Charmaine. I'm going to take you back. And so from that moment on, I was like, oh my God, who is this lady? And I want to be just like her. And so I ended up getting a job and Charmaine ended up being my first preceptor. Okay. And I remember I had, I was having a time starting IVs and I remember she went to my boss and was like, look, we need to separate Courtney and get her in this area and do X, Y, Z because... She really needs to get this. And from that moment on, she has just been like, not only my sister, my teacher, like she is the epitome of a nurse. 
She has three sons that she's raised by herself. She's She works countless amount of overtime to make sure that everybody in her family has what they need. And she does it all like flawlessly. Like when you see her, you think that her kids are her brothers. Like, right. I mean, you know, that's how just youthful and how full of life she is. And, and I just always say, like, if it was not for Charmaine, I don't know how I would have made it. I don't know how I would have made it because, I mean, I can call her for financial advice. Like, she probably has, like, an 850 credit score. Like, she, wow. just for her to have come from the Bronx, and, and we grew up in similar situations with parents that were on drugs, and just to see how she has just made it for herself, it always gave me inspiration, and I've always aspired to to be like her and to just be as strong as she is and as smart as she is and to be just graceful like that. So she's one of my four women that has left a mark on me. I mean, we've traveled together. Whenever I go through man problems or family problems, I call her because I know she can understand because she's been there before. Right. So Charmaine is Charmaine Reed is one of my four women that have left a mark on me. That's pretty beautiful. I love her. I want to meet Charmaine. Girl, you got to meet Charmaine. Charmaine is a riot. You hear me? Like, she is the sweetest. She's just the sweetest thing. I just, I just love her. I'm just thinking about her right now. Like, I just want to give her a hug. Like, I miss seeing her every day. Like, you know, when you work with people you love that when you work overtime or have to work late, it don't feel like work. Or you sign up yes. to go into work extra because, because you know that she's person's going to be there. Be there. Uh-huh. That's the type of person she is. Okay. So. I love it. So, my fourth person, and like I said, I could name so many others, but I just want to highlight my relationship with Laverne Royster. So, um, she is the mother of someone that I used to date. I've known her for a very long time. I mean, a very, very long time. And I always mention her because there was a time whenever I was a teenager And I was just going through a lot, and I needed somebody. And I would literally go over to her house. This was not intentional, but I would go in the house, and for some reason, every time I got there, no matter how much rest I had had the night before, Mm -hmm. I would always fall asleep. And I would sleep the whole time I would be there. It was so crazy, and I would wake up like, I'm so sorry, y'all. Every time I come over here and go to sleep, and I go to sleep, and finally I realized it was just because... There was so much peace. Like, there was Mm. so much peace Mm. around her that that's where I was able to actually get some rest. And she's funny. She's snarky. Like, we still have a relationship to this day. And I love her because no matter what has happened over time or what happens even now, like, she's going to tell me if I'm right and she's going to tell me if I'm wrong. And she wants to make sure, like, she's here for my highest good. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I like I didn't have my tonsils removed until I was an adult. And I remember feeling like I was working in radio at the time and I was out for a long time, like longer than usual. It's it's worse for adults. Right. That surgery. It's easier to have it when you, the recovery is easier and quicker when you're a child. Exactly. And so I felt like everybody was trying to kill me, girl. Like <laughs> people were coming to visit me. My mama was trying to feed me eggs. They were getting stuck down there like Ooh, I was choking. You got some popsicles and ice cream. Exactly. And then I think um, like we've horse play a lot in my family so Johnny was playing one day forgot that I you know had had surgery and like wrapped his hands around my neck and I was like bawling before he realized like oh I'm so sorry I was like just because we horse play a lot 
And I'll never forget, like, I was so hungry. And she came to my mama's house and made me some mashed potatoes. Because it, it was like, it was like okay, this is common sense right here. But mm-hmm. nobody thought to just get that girl something that she could eat. You know, she always thinks of me, birthday, Christmas, like, if there's a bad storm. I know she's calling her other children. She does not leave me out. And, like, if I'm in a relationship and that person is good to me, like, she loves that person, too. Aww. Like, she... Because she just wants she, what's best for you. Man, it's No like, matter who it is or what it is, she just wants what's best for you. Exactly. I can remember, like, from a teenager on up, just, like, if I was staying somewhere that she was, like, if something didn't feel right to her... I I might be asleep, but she'll come in the room and pray for me or pray Mm -hmm. over me and then just go on about her business. Um, And that matters. Like, having people in your life, having women who look like you in your life who care about you, just you, not any pretense, not, like, what you can do for them, but the you that you are. Right. That's important. And I know that somebody who loves me to the core I always say, like, tell my loved ones, like, I love you because you exist, not for any other. There's no conditional love when it comes to her. It's I love you, period. Mm -hmm. And I know that I love that way. And I'd like to think that it's heavier because she also mothers me. Right. And so that's my. Yeah, she means so. That's my. She always be like, you my girl. I'm like, no, you my girl. Oh, and I can call her right now and ask her anything. She's going to come running. She will come running. And that means a lot to me because you don't have that many people in your life no, like that. No, period. Mm-mm. That was a good one. Thanks. Um, I know I had originally said that I was going to do both, but I'm going to just stick to one. Okay. Um. So the other um, woman that I want to talk about is actually my grandmother, my dad's mom. Her name is... Miss Azalee Patterson. That's a and nice name. It is, right? Azalee. And I just remember growing up, like, my grandparents' house was just, like, where everybody in that family either lived at one time or off and on you lived there. I lived with her before. And my grandma and grandpa had 10 kids. So okay. it was always a house full of people. And, I mean, my mom was on me about my grades and stuff too but not really that much because she just knew that was just something that I was going to do but I just remember feeling so like my grandmother had a way of making you feel just as important as anybody else that was there like it wasn't like well this one is my favorite or you know it was none of that like and I just remember growing up in every six weeks or every time we had a report card my grandmother would cut my right you know a b honor roll or a honor roll or whatever she would cut that out and keep it don't that feel so good used to feel Uh. so good um and would always tell me that i had a place to stay always tell me how much she loved me never turn me away i would get off the bus over there every day after school i could stay there make sure i ate make sure i took a bath you know make sure my hair was combed and just always loved up on me and always just just loved me and just and just made sure that I was cared for and I remember this was a few years ago I mean but this was like after college or what have you and I went home it was like on Mother's Day and I wanted to make sure that I got up there um to see her and she 
pull out like an album and still had those honor roll things in there. I would have burst into tears, man. And what? Yeah. And so it just, I mean, it's my grandma. So of course they leave a mark on you, but just her always making me feel special, even though she had, I mean, you got 10 kids. You can imagine how many grandkids and great grandkids you got. Mm -hmm. And she has a way of making all of them individually always feel important. Yes. And that matters. That's a gift. It matters. It is. And it's a gift. And especially when a child is going through some of the things I was going through growing up, it was always good to know that I'm always safe over here. And somebody loves me over here. And and when I go knock on this door, somebody's going to be in there. Somebody, it's going to be lights on. It's going to be something to eat in there. Like I always, you know, if, if I can't get off the bus at home, I know I can go to my grandma's house a couple of streets over and she's going to be there. Right. And I'm never going to have to worry about not having a place to go. So, hey, Grandma. <laughs> oh, I love her for that. She was so special. For being Well, she sister. is so special. She's so, I'm saying what? She's still here, honey. Yeah. And when you call her, she can tell you about what every single person is doing, where they at, what's that went on. She will tell you, okay? Yep. And I love her for Shout that. Shout out to your grandma for being a security blanket because everybody needs one. Oh, get the best hugs, girl. Can I? Get the best hugs, honey. She'll wrap you up. You. <laughs> Just take me over there. Just I love a good I'm a cuddler. I love a good hug. And she will always find you five or ten dollars, girl. What? Yeah. Oh, I'm going. Honey, I need some money, she'll girl. She'll always find you five or ten dollars. Go get you something from the store. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Four women for each of us. Four important women that have impacted my life forever. And you too. Thanks. In a positive way, because people can impact your child and leave you all to it. But in a positive way. Amen. Same. So, that was good. That made me feel good. Made mm-hmm. me want to go That's hug true. some people. I think I'm going to call my four women. I think I'm going to call my four women after we're done, or maybe tomorrow, because it yeah, might be too they late. They're probably like, girl, I love you, but good night. Right. <laughs> and that's okay, too. So, this week's inspiration, funny, what impacted you? Um, what impacted me was, I don't know if you seen it or not, I don't know if it was on the shade room, but I happened to run a- across it first on um, Quad, excuse me, Quad's page from Married to Medicine. Uh-huh. And basically, um, she's on this show called The Sister Circle, and they had Pastor John Gray on. Right. And so it was a clip from John Gray basically talking about the power of a woman. And he stated the man, when a man findeth the wife, he findeth a good thing and, and he has favor. Mm-hmm. And that we, the woman, the women, we are the favor factor. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so why would you chase the person who needs you? Like, the man needs you. You're the favor. And he was like, you know, a woman can do what a man can't do. We we are multipliers. A woman can take a man's vision and multiply it. And he basically was like, you know, I, I give my woman... A house and she, she makes, makes it a home. Uh-huh. You know, I give uh, my woman a seed and she makes she gives me a son. So we hold all the power. And he was just like, basically, you know, the men are going around telling women to submit, but how can you sub if there's no mission? How can you submit to somebody who doesn't have a mission? And girl, he just was slaying my life. And I was like, this is this is you're exactly right. Not your whole life, honey. My whole life, and it just it it really caps off. 
Women's Month for me. Yeah. Um, because we are the favorite factor and we are the good thing. We are someone some good thing. We are we just like these four women that we talked about, not even in the marriage sense, but we are continuously being someone's good thing. We're continuously giving and multiplying and having a vision. And that really inspired me because we all deal with periods where we feel like, man, am I good enough? Like, you know, like what is happening? And so that was kind of like confirmation that girl, you got the favor and anybody that you give a little bit of your favor to is blessed and highly favored. So that gave me inspiration. I like it. Um, You know what? I've been on this networking trip. Networking with people who can be impactful, who who I can impact as well. And the other day I was, I had just gotten to the gym and I had already sent a message, I think, to one of my buddies, Stephen Gaither. He's the founder of HBCU Game Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think he reached out to me on Black Smart Proud. Likely, because we talked about you. I know, but then I messaged him and he had never seen anything back. Uh, sir, <laughs> respond, he listens to the respond show. to my message, because at first I was like, I don't know who this is. And then I was like, well, I don't know. Let me go ahead and respond. So I responded to him and he didn't say nothing back. Yeah. Hey, Steven. Hey, Steven. Message so, me back. You can message me on my personal page, too. Steven is a fellow alum, and he's very intelligent, very uh, sweet soul. And so he sent me a message back asking if I had time to chat. And I've been trying to get in the habit of not walking away from conversations because I'm like, okay, I'm going to table this conversation because I know it's going to go somewhere. I'm like, no, I'm just going to take every call. So I told Steven I had just gotten to the gym, but I'll chat with him whenever I I leave if he was um, available. And he was. And on the ride home, we were just talking about networking, talking about our peers who have businesses, who are doing things. And by the end of the conversation, I think my message to him was, hey, I don't know how I can help you, but I'm or how you can help me exactly. But I'm certain that we can work together and just leaving that like walking away with that feeling like, listen, we're going to figure this thing out. If we just have to come to the table, put everything out there and see, hey, you know, I got the onions, you know, you got the noodles, you got the Mm -hmm. turkey, like let's make spaghetti. You know, somehow we can make this happen if we just, you don't have to come to the table with everything. And I think I said that before we get into this, I don't know what you want to call it, but sometimes I get into a rut because I'm like, I don't have all of the elements. I don't need all of the you elements. Don't need, that's a, that's the hardest, that's the hardest thing to, to understand when you have a business or when you're doing something like this is like, you don't have to know how to do everything. Absolutely. That's why that's why people are placed in your life and around you. Right. You know, like the six degrees of separation. Like I don't even think it's six anymore. No, it's not. That's what so I'm small. saying. It's so crazy. Because I can think of like under six separations for me and Beyonce. But that's neither here nor I say that all the time. I'm like, oh my God. Like it's only like Three people between. I mean, and technically, if I want to keep it real, there are no degrees of separation if I met her already, right? Yeah, right. So, you know, I think that we have to lean upon one another, especially within our community. And now I feel so bad that you brought that up because I did not know that that was him that messaged me on Black Smart Brown. So, when you hear this, I'm going to, no, you know what? I'm going to message you when we get done and be like, hey, hey. That's what you're going to say. Hey, hey. Yeah. That and one of our friends, I think she sent us the message together, but I don't know if you ever responded. But one of our uh, friends of the show, Antonia 
Logan sent a message earlier this week that basically just said, y'all are brilliant. Yes, I responded. Yo, let me tell you. My friends, people can say some, some profound things, right? People can say profound things. I don't know why I was at my full-time job when she sent that message. And I had, I was facing the window, like looking out at the little lake and I literally looked at the phone and then turned around as if she was going to be standing right behind me. But my face, I could tell, was glowing. She could have said anything. She could have written a whole paragraph. But she said, y'all are brilliant. And that meant so much to me because I knew right away she was talking about the show. I just Which, love that she listens faithfully. Listen. And will and comment. And can tell and get, you exactly what you're talking about. That's how about. you know she supports. Because I'm like, you. oh, yeah, listen. No. She listened. She will critique you. Stop saying this. You say that too much. I love you, though. It was good. Like, I mean, that's what you want. Yes. That's what you want. Yes, I responded. I mm-hmm. was I was inspired by that because, man, it just, it made my whole chest glow. Like, somebody that I know, like, somebody who, know, you know, sometimes whenever you know people, you guys are so close. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I know Courtney's smarter. I know she's talented or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I see her all the time. Mm-hmm. She sees us all the time. We hang out. Like, she comes over. We go to concerts or whatever, what have you. But something about somebody that close still being able to recognize brilliance when you see it and being open to saying Just it out loud. Because some people don't want to do that either. No, no, I no. Re- no. I read something this week and I'm paraphrasing, but it was talking about how like some people want to see you win just not off of their praise. And so it's kind of like you got people in your life who don't want to see you like fail, but it's kind of like, oh, I ain't going to like that or I I don't need to share that because I'm I'm close to the situation. Like she's willing to put it all out there and have somebody like that in our lives is just it feels good. Mm-hmm. I had a similar experience like that today. I was messaging one of my friends on Instagram and we were talking about the whole Virgil Abloh situation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, that is so dope. And then he said, that could be you one day. Fact. And I'm just sitting here like, what? And he meant it. Yeah, he did. And it's just like, you you don't see, it's hard sometimes for you personally to see your, your own brilliance and your own ability some you downplay it you know because i had to stop you know saying my little brand like someone's like quit saying that why do you right. keep why do you keep putting Your little big in, brand yeah why do you right so like, why do you keep putting brand. little in front of like stop doing Your it immense brand exactly your gargantuan brand <laughs> grande mommy grande <laughs> so you know it just is really good to have people that are close to you that see it in you when sometimes you don't even see it yourself so shout out to all of our excellent friends Yep. We love them. I love y'all. All of y'all. You know who you are. Yep. I feel like good word was like attached to that. All but of do that, you have yeah. a good word for the good people? The only good word I have, um, and I'm not going to expound on it because I feel like this whole episode has just been full of goodness and good words and inspiration. But the only thing I want to tell somebody and I'm only saying that most of the time my good words have applied to me in some sense over the last week. But I feel like if it's applying to me, we're all in this together, man, woman, boy or girl. So it'll, it'll probably apply to someone else. But my good word for the week is you weren't rejected. You were rescued. So mm. if it's something that is just wrecking your brain and you just cannot figure out, like, why is this happening? Like, I thought this was 
the right position for me. I thought this was the right situation for me. I thought this was the right opportunity for me. And it got blocked. Just know that you were being rescued, not rejected. Because whatever is meant for you is coming. That wasn't for you. And that could have turned out to be a bad situation. You could be worse off than what you are. Could not even turn out the way you wanted it to. And you would have wasted your time and blocked your blessing or block what was coming for you that's really meant for you. So just always remember that, that if something didn't turn out, something you really, really wanted, you weren't rejected. You were just rescued. That Love was it. my good word. What about you? So I saw a post um, earlier this week, and I won't read the entire thing. And I cannot, I don't know how to pronounce their last name. It's a couple on here. I um, know them. I think it's Duvall. Okay. I, th- I thought so too, but or I wasn't Duval, sure. Duval. But I, I will spell it out. But his Instagram is I am Duvall or Devale, however you pronounce it. It's I am D-E-V-A-L-E. And he, I won't read the whole thing, but it says the truth is there are no absolute truths in a relationship. We all get so used to seeing ourselves through society's filter that we cannot find happiness in a relationship unless our relationship looks like that or our life looks like that. When in all actuality, what you see may not even make you happy. Mm. And Mm. it wasn't necessarily a lesson for me because this is something that I already believe, but it just reaffirmed my thought process. The best relationships Hear me clearly, guys. The best relationships look odd from the outside in. Mm -hmm. But as long as they make sense to you and yours, you guys don't have anything to worry about. And if everybody else is in love with the way that your relationship is operating from the outside in, then you may need to change some things. Mm -hmm. And understand that when you see other people that you think have a normalcy to their relationship who are, you know, always posting and... I try to be careful about that, too, because just because people are posting all the time does not necessarily mean that they're not happy. But a lot of times when I'm close to somebody who's always doing Girl, that, most of the time they are unhappy. They Something's trying to, going they're trying wrong. to they're convince trying themselves. To fix it. Exactly. Because who you, I always say that, like, honey, who are you trying to... Who are you trying to convince? Us or yourself? Because we don't care. Right. Now, I'm not hating on you if you're... Listen, I'm not a hater. I ain't a hater, um, but I don't need to see every intimate detail that's going on with y'all. Right. And like, I, I don't... If exactly. I'm, why? Look, I tell my friends this from now on. I'm going to be married and pregnant, like eight months pregnant before, before y'all even know it. Yeah. Y'all ain't going to know. Not because your friends. I'm going to no, know. No, y'all going to know. Okay. But why do why do I want you all up in my stuff? But like, my point is. And I'm private anyway. True. People think people want to say that I'm secretive. But no, I'm just like that meme that's going around. It's like date in private, love in private. That way if yeah, something yeah, goes yeah. wrong in private, you can heal in private. I don't need everybody knowing what's going on. Girl, that's the point. Somebody is always trying to call me sneaky. I'm like, how am I sneaky by minding my own business? That's not sneaky. That's Going back to Roxanne Roxanne, if any of you watch the Uncensored show that is coming out, Nia Long just did one, and I posted some of it to my Insta story. That was the best one other than Tiffany Haddish's. Tiffany's was good, but Nia Long's Uncensored was so good, and that's what she said. She said that people come up to her and be like, what are you taking and what are you doing for your skin? And she said, number one, I mind my business. I mind my business. Right. People Everybody don't want you to do, do that. Right. Mind your business. But all in all, I just mean that if your relationship is working, listen, rock with that. Don't let anybody convince you that you need to be doing bills this way or doing bills that way. If splitting it down the middle is working for you guys because both of y'all make about the same amount of money, then so be it. 
if you know 60 40 is working for y'all then so be it if one of you is pursuing something on the side and the other one no matter whether it's the male or the female is paying the brunt of the bills while the other one is pursuing a dream and then y'all switch so be it if y'all go to bed at a certain time and other people are going to bed at a different time later like so be it maybe y'all are morning people maybe y'all get up and hike together like whatever makes you guys happy whatever makes y'all laugh if you're cooking together in the kitchen if you got a man who does all the cooking and you do something Ooh, that's else. another one because i'm gonna tell you right now my man better be able to cook right listen i can't <laughs> i can't i can no longer i'm just i won't real. even go there it's some things that I've gotten used to or that, that spoiled me in a relationship that I will I cannot tolerate anything less than that. Listen, you got to come. I always upgrade. Okay. okay. It's always an upgrade it's on always the horizon. Upgrade. I don't ever downgrade. Okay. Um, so I just, that, that, that's my good word. Do you, boo? Do you, boo? If y'all are happy, don't you, you happy. look anywhere else. Don't. Don't covet anybody else's relationship because you do not go know what's going on in their household. I remember knowing a couple that lived down the street that used to come hang with me and the guy that I was dating at the time. And they look great on Instagram. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm getting phone calls in the middle of the night to come get her because he's bashing her head against the wall. You just never know. No. And, and one thing about Instagram is people, people always show you their highlight reel. You don't get to see the behind the scenes. Don't nobody want to show you that. Fact. So you cannot go off of what you see because it's all, it's manipulated to make you think something is happening. You know what I mean? Like it's all manipulated to put out what they want to put out. Even these people that y'all are following who swear they're doing X, Y, Z. You don't know what these people are doing. You don't know how they're getting this money. That's right. You do not know, and, and you don't know what kind of hell they're going through behind closed doors in some of these relationships and some of these situations that they're in. So just focus on what you got going on, because then it won't matter what other people are doing, because you would be so busy worrying about yourself that you don't have time to be worrying about what other people are doing or what's going on in other people's relationship. Because I guarantee you, and I'm sorry, this is how I feel. Them ones that be posting all the time and professing their undying love in three and four paragraphs, why don't you just tell them that? Right. Why don't you just send it in a text or write them a letter? Why do I need why do I need to know this? Yep. This is not for the world. You trying to convince somebody else. You trying to convince us. Boo boo, I don't need convincing because I don't gotta sleep with you at night. Right. I don't care what y'all doing over there. Right. Girl, don't get me started. I, but I, that was a good word. Thank you. For the good for the good people who listen to us week over week. You got anything you don't want our crew to forget? Um No, not really. Okay. Um, I don't have anything important that's coming up to you? No, I don't think so. Like I said, this is the end of um, Women's Month. We're officially in spring. Happy Easter, too. Happy Easter <laughs> to you guys. Shout out to everybody who is celebrating Holy Week. Uh, Palm Sunday just passed. Mm -hmm. Good Friday's coming up. Easter Sunday is coming up. I can't wait to see all of your pictures and your uh, pastel colors. Yes, and, all you, all you, and everybody going to be posting that Easter food that we all going to be I eating. don't want to see that, though. <laughs> Because some of it don't look good. Um, it sure don't. Some of it look like slop. <laughs> like, what the? Why did you even waste my... Why did you even waste an Instagram post for that? Fact. Oh, Shout out to... Um, oh, April Fool's is on Sunday. Yes. And so you're not going to get me because I'm already aware. April Fool's is actually my niece's birthday. Ava's birthday. So happy birthday to Ava. She's the April Fool's baby. And nice. trust me, 
Her personality is April Fool's. She's okay? a, Aries Nation stand up. I love it. She been, honey's just setting the world on fire since she got here. Girl, I got on April, April Fool's. Fool's story. So happy birthday, April. I got an April Fool's story that I might tell <laughs> next week. Um, anyway, as a call to action, we want to know who are the women who have driven you to greatness? Who, Which women in your life have heavily influenced you? We want to know what their name is and we want to know in what way. Okay? Good. Y'all, I really enjoyed this today. I know this, this was good, episode. and it felt good to praise people who have made sure that I was uplifted, too. Yes. So, you you know you guys can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. We are the Culture Shock Podcast. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can write us a review so we can keep doing this, and you can always email us at blackcultureshockpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Google Play, too. And, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. Um, so, next time we talk to you guys, it'll be April. We April showers bring Mayflower. <laughs> My birthday's coming up, y'all. Y'all gonna have to Uh-oh. hear about it all month because it's a celebration, snitches. Oh my goodness, it really is the whole month. Yep, I'm a girl named Tiffany, and I'm Courtney B, and we out. Yeah. <laughs> My skin is black My arms are long My hair is woolly My back is strong Strong enough to take Yeah.